It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering their winter furnace checkup for only 59 bucks. Call Lee's Heating and Air today at 801-747-LEE's or online at leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Of course, he's a senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated and our good friend Chris Mannix with us on the big show. Hi, Chris. How are you? What's going on, guys? Hey, uh, Chris, uh, well, of course, Kobe Bryant remains in the news and uh, having you on uh, covering the NBA for as long as you have, uh, you know, kind of want to leave this a little open-ended for you, I suppose, but uh, describe kind of your thoughts about the passing of certainly an NBA legend. Yeah, they, they're they comparable to most. I mean, shock and, you know, it's it's one of the, the rare instances I feel like in my lifetime that I'll remember where I was, what I was doing, the day, the date, all of it, um, you know, it just it resonates that strongly. And, you know, in the aftermath of it, the first thing you try to do is take the pulse of, of the league and, you know, everything you see and read the immediate aftermath. But I'm down here in Miami where for Celtics heat and, you know, it still very much is is on the minds of players. I think that you'll see tonight, I believe, something I, I, I couldn't quite get gather all the information. But I think they'll wear either Kobe sneakers or something Kobe related um, tonight and, you know, they're all still very much thinking about him. So it's it's a tough day for – and tough, you know, days, plural, for, for everyone to, that, you know, followed his career casually or covered him like I did or knew him deeper as, as, as so many others did. Chris, as you reflect back on his career, what are your observations now? You know, it's almost, you know, Sinatra-like. He did it his way to steal a, a line. I mean, there are – you know, he wasn't a – I mean, he certainly wasn't a perfect character. I mean, he, he very much was, you know, a flawed person for, for personal reasons. It's also for professional reasons. I mean, you know, Kobe was part of the destruction of a dynasty in the early part of the 2000s. I mean, if he could have gotten along with Shaq and figured out a way to coexist, that team might have won four or five titles along the way. Uh, but at the same time, he's also, and maybe you guys can tell me, he's one of the only guys I can think of that, you know, with one team went through a championship window, went through a downtime, and then reopened that window. I can't think of really any players that have, that have done that, uh, at least not with one franchise. And, and that, that, I think, speaks to his singular focus. I mean, he, he definitely almost left the Lakers a couple of times. I mean, we don't want to gloss over. He wasn't Dirk Nowitzki when it comes to, you know, a, a playing for one team and a desire to play for one team. He demanded a trade at least once and almost left as a free agent back in 2007. But he stuck it out and opened up another championship window in L.A., and that's remarkable. I mean, you just don't see guys – you know, having the, the patience and the ability to go and do that. Kobe was, you know, a rare character that just, you know, kind of functions on his own level, and he was never going to change. You know, Chris, uh, we keep hearing uh, that Kobe wanted to, to be a storyteller uh, after basketball, and, of course, we saw him win an Oscar, uh, for crying out loud, which is just amazing. But it feels like his post-basketball 
career was full of all these moments that now you look at and seem extra special. And I, I want to give you some credit because this popped into my mind, uh, you know, as we were processing the news. But I remember an interview you did with him on radio on your show at the time. And this was probably a year, maybe maybe two years ago. Where And the, the moment that stands out to me was you had him break down Ben Simmons' shot. And he very candidly said Ben Simmons needed to start over again. And I've referenced that I don't know how many times. But, like, it seems like he wanted to give back to basketball and be a storyteller. And it just seems like now that his life has been cut short, those moments seem extra special. Yeah, he was on the path to a, a great pro, uh, post-playing career. And that's not easy for guys that play the level of a Kobe Bryant. So many, countless, you know, retired and then took forever to figure out what they wanted to do. I mean, just, you know, faded away or had some problems like an Allen Iverson or you know, just very few knew what they wanted to do and executed it with the near perfection of Kobe Bryant. I mean, anyone that, you know, if you speculated on what Kobe's post-playing career might look like while he was playing, you might have said part owner of the Lakers or a general manager like a Joe Dumars. I mean, th- those would have been natural progressions. But the idea that he would open a multimedia company, that he would win an Oscar, that he would win an Emmy, that he would open a publishing house and start putting together these sort of fantasy tales that he did that, that were so successful. I mean, you're going to see in the coming year, a lot of projects that have been in development coming out of Kobe's various enterprises do extremely well. Um, and and that's, that's amazing. I mean, it really is that at 41 years old, he was able to, to put together that or harness his power and put together this type of, of post-playing career stuff. So it, it was something that he was able to, to do what he did out there. Obviously, Chris, some of that is intellectual firepower. He's a smart man, and uh, obviously his, uh, his passion for greatness, is uh, uh, that's uh, a thousand stories can be told there. But the question I have for you in that regard is, this is a guy who's going to be successful at anything, and some of it comes from within this kind of, people have talked about his fierce competitiveness. Uh, I wrote about this today. It's, it seems to be there in some athletes, and not so much in other athletes, even if they're accomplished, but the great ones, the great ones have it. And he had it in a way that I hadn't seen uh, many athletes exceed what he had in that regard. Yeah, no, I don't think he, I don't think you'll see many that have, that have had it or will have it again. It's what separated him from so many other guys that, that unquenchable fire, not to get too cliche, but it just, just what it was. And, you know, in the aftermath of his passing, everybody kind of processes it different ways. And I, I process it kind of two ways. One, you, you feel the most anguish for his daughter, who was just, you know, it seemed like she had just an incredible future, you know, playing college basketball down the line at UConn and, you know, being the heir to the Bryant name. I mean, that, just, that was really probably the toughest part for me. But you get inspired by all the – you just remember how hard he worked, how hard Kobe worked. And that really is kind of at, at least half the battle in stuff. I mean – all of us work hard to a degree in our various uh, uh, ventures, but even in retirement, Kobe's getting up at three forty-five, four in the morning. He's, you know, putting in, you know, the kind of days that people that in his position don't put in, uh, keeping in the kind of shape that he kept in, just trying different things like he was. I mean, it really was. I, I really felt inspired after that about the kind of worker that he that he was. And look, I, I'm somebody that works pretty hard. I have, you know, covering two sports and doing all the things I do. But I just it, it made me feel like I want to work even harder, you know, just like hearing all the tales of how hard Kobe works. 
One thing that really connected me was, uh, he, you know, his passion for his girls, his his daughters. Yeah. Uh, and he ha- he has a bunch of them, and I have five daughters. And when I heard him talk, I went back and looked at some of the interviews he had done and how passionate he was for his kids. Man, I'll tell you, it just gets you right in the feels. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's one of those things that, being honest, as someone that, that doesn't have kids yet, like I'm um, – I couldn't quite connect with, but seeing how many people did in that hashtag that, that got through social media, girl, dad, and all the pictures that were being posted. I mean, look, one of the things Kobe will, will forever be remembered for over the last couple of years was being such a fierce advocate for women's sports. And, you know, a lot of that was through Gianna and all that she represented to him and, and all, all that she did. And, you know, that, that's something that was pretty powerful, whether it was WNBA or women's college basketball, Kobe was, was a pretty strong advocate for that. And that's, that's something that will be part of his legacy. Speaking of his legacy, and I want to talk about his <clears throat> career arc just a little bit here, Chris, and I am not a, a comic book nerd by any means, so I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering this quote, but there was something in Batman that every hero will live long enough to become the villain. And it seemed like Kobe's career arc was interesting because he was the wonderkind, and then he was the villain, and then he kind of moved on to this elder statesman role model and and you know bought back in you know really into his family and he actually returned i believe to his catholic faith and it was it was interesting it was very human i guess is what i'm trying to get at he had a very human career arc along with greatness on the floor yeah i mean look you're right he he was the villain and for a lot of reasons it was deserved uh for personal reasons what happened in colorado in 2003 professional reasons for you know kind of his part he played in the destruction of the lakers and you know his relationship with a fracture with phil jackson i mean he and look all that stuff kind of basically created his alter ego of the the black mamba and that mamba mentality that's what kind of drove him into becoming that sort of figure and you know to see him kind of rise out of that you don't see everybody rise out of that he transformed himself yet again later in his career i think you know, it was really back in like 07 or 08, if I remember correctly. And I was just starting to cover the NBA then, so I didn't have much, if any, of a relationship with Kobe Bryant. But it did seem like around then he started to really try to connect with the media and and kind of try to retell his own story and, and try to turn the page on everything that happened to him uh, and that, that he did really early in his career. And I think that played a big role. Yeah, we connected. He started to really connect with people, media members, other players, younger players, the 08 Olympic team was a huge moment for him and for the guys that played with him. Um, you know, all those moments kind of piled up to, to create the new version of Kobe Bryant. Chris, I don't know if you knew uh, Ross Seiler. He's uh, he was a writer. Yeah. He covered the Lakers sure. for a while. He uh, he wrote in a on a Facebook blog or whatever you call it something that he after covering a game in which the Lakers were absolutely crushed by the Clippers. And this is back in 2005. He said that Kobe was the only player he ever heard, quote, Ben Franklin postgame. He said, quote, we must all hang together or we will shortly all hang separately, uh, quoting Ben. And I just thought, okay, that sounds like something Kobe would do. I mean, uh, he, he was a smart player who, who understood. Uh, I think he understood things as much as he... Uh, to the level that he could actually uh, do them on the court. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, if he would decide to go to college and stick it out for four years, as many of those guys were doing at that time, he could have become like a Rhodes Scholar, I believe. He was that intelligent, and you could sense it early on in his career, and 
it really started to manifest itself later. He just had this voracious appetite for learning and for improving himself and and just doing everything that he could to better himself along the way. I mean, he was just just an incredibly smart, smart player. I mean, sometimes it was to his detriment. He was almost too smart out there on the court, breaking away from from plays and, and chasing at Phil Jackson's system. But, man, his, his intelligence, as far as NBA players go, off the charts. Top one percentile for NBA players I've ever covered. Well, Chris, thank you very much for joining us as always, and uh, thanks for giving us your perspective on on Kobe Bryant, his career, and uh, the impact that he's had. We were looking forward to our conversation with you today. Thank you very much. And by the way, Gordon, good luck to you. Five daughters, good luck to you in the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Best, best, best of luck. That, that seems insane. Like, good luck to you. I, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated and, of course, one of our great daily assist guests. And it's always great to, to catch up with Chris. Oh, yeah. We were really looking. You said it. We were looking forward to hearing him talk about yep. it because he's so good. You know, he covers boxing as well. I wonder who the most intelligent boxer is. Hmm. Probably a few candidates for that, right? Oh, uh, I think a lot I, of people sure, think huh? uh, Floyd Mel- Mer- uh, Mayweather. Almost said Merriweather, like Merriweather Lewis. Floyd Mayweather uh, is a pretty intelligent boxer. Is he? I don't, I don't know. You've never seen Floyd? Yeah, fight? I've seen, I've I've seen him fight, but I meant just intellectual brain power being really intelligent. You know? Do you know any boxers that speak like twelve languages or anything like that? No, no. Me neither. Do you know any boxers? I don't actually. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like a real physical sport, as it opposed. Does. But they call it the sweet science. I mean, Jack Johnson's pretty good with a guitar these days. I don't know. He is really transformed his career, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, and it's and lasted, lasted a while. Right? I mean, he was boxing, then surfing, now guitar player. It's cre- incredible. And is 120 years old. Doesn't look it. Yeah, not at all. Not one Whoa, bit. All man. that sea air. It's good for well, you. They say, they say Father Time is undefeated. 97.5 and 1280 the zone.